Welcome back, all you spook ghouls and witches. Welcome back to Lights Out Podcast. Uh, we are presented by 511 Media Group. You can find us on iTunes and Spotify, as well as the 511 Media Group YouTube channel, as well as all of our Facebook and socials linked on our Facebook page. Um, already, so some Miss Summer. What are we? What are we discussing today? We will be talking about Coraline theories. And why? Why? Do, why are we talking about this? I watched it recently and I had an epiphany while I was watching it and I have this whole theory about how she was actually kidnapped. And it somehow blew up on TikTok overnight. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it did. I posted my theory on TikTok and people went crazy for it and they wanted to hear more about it. So Yeah, so um I guess we should probably talk about Coraline for people who don't understand what Coraline is about. Yeah. Um so basically it is a book based um written by neil gaiman and uh it's about this little girl who moves to a new house and she finds this door and her life's pretty boring and she goes through the door and it's basically this ideal world um that she sees and they try to get her to stay and she goes back home her parents are missing so it's kind of a the world's trying to draw her back in and Mm -hmm. make her stay forever um and it was adapted by Tim Burton in uh, 2009 for an animated film. So uh, why don't we start off with your theory, since mine's kind of a long one. Okay, so uh, <laughs> my theory I have is that she was kidnapped by fairies. Fairies come typically from Celtic folklore. They are they could either be small little innocent-looking creatures or giant demonic-looking creatures. just depends on which one you find. <laughs> Yeah, I've also heard they can transform, too, from, like, little to big, and it's, like, terrifying. Yeah. (laughs) Fairies are known to shapeshift, so they can look any way that they want in order to um, manipulate others into getting them to stay into the fairy realm if they so happen to find themselves into that realm. So my theory is, in the beginning, Coraline steps into a fairy ring and... Fairy rings are known as the entrance to the fairy realm, and you can step inside of one, but if you mess with it or disrespect that area in any way, they will get mad and try to take you. So she steps inside of it, and after she does that and messes around, breaks the mushrooms, opens the well, uh, she finds that doorway in her house, and she also leaves an offering to mice, and that's when the portal actually opens to the other realm. She goes to the other realm and meets her other mother and other father, which are her ideal parents, since her parents in her actual world seem to not acknowledge her and ignore her. Um, And then also with fairies, if you happen to get inside of their realm, they will give you offerings of food to try and trap you there and make you stay and try to bribe you with things like they do in the film. Um, Coraline also gets trapped in a mirror later in the film with souls of children who were killed by the Veldam, which is Other Mother. And the neighbor actually gives her a seeing eye stone to help her inside of this realm, which are known as hagstones in spirituality and witchcraft. The legend, I guess you could say, says that if you look through a hagstone, you have the ability to see fairies. And if you blow through it, you can whistle through it and call them. It's uh, it's interesting because did you ever remember that uh, the Spiderwick Chronicles from when yeah, we were a kid? Yeah, exactly. Um, they use that seeing eyeglass and, it, and a lot of people have linked Coraline to uh, the Spiderwick Chronicles because that. of the seeing eyeglass. Yeah, exactly. And those are fairies. So, mm-hmm. so both of those have like the same storyline type kind, kind of, of like yeah. it's the same like idea kids kind of neglected they got adventuring get into some trouble and yeah everything's fine that's with end. fairies yeah. and goblins <laughs> and since fairies have the ability to change their form she changed into this button-eyed other mother that looked just like her mother but with button eyes and was really sweet but once she got aggravated and pissed off and didn't get what she wanted she turned into her true form which was a spider with button eyes and sewing needle fingers and somehow metal and horrifying yeah <laughs> and i actually did research on the base of this story and it's based off of a celtic or roman folklore called the beldam so the beldam is a word for a kind of a witch it depends it really depends on what region you're reading it from. It says witch, demon, fairy. 
Uh, she's a spider-like creature with button eyes and sewing needle fingers. The Beldum eats children and will lure them into a trap, and it can adapt a new form in order to deceive these children. Neil Gaiman's got some fun, fun dreams and yeah. ideas. Yeah, I feel like he probably went to Ireland and heard about this and was like, oh, I'm going to write a book about that. Him and Stephen King must be great friends. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, the Beldum usually nests in deep forests, but they will stalk the edges for prey usually seen in passing roads and abandoned houses and in woods that children frequently go to. Um, encounters with the Beldum are becoming fewer and fewer every year. Well, yeah, because who's letting their kids run around abandoned houses? I mean, come on. <laughs> who's like, yeah, let, go run on around in the forest. Yeah. Nothing's going to happen yeah. to you. No one's hiding in the abandoned house. There's not water. <laughs> you can't possibly get hurt in a forest. No. 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 Um, the Beldum has a sick need to care for the child, like sewing buttons onto the eyes. Uh, paying an obsessive amount of attention to the child and playing games with this child until they drop. And in the movie, if I remember correctly, she just kept wanting to play with Coraline and give her food, and Coraline wanted to go home. Yeah, she wanted to nurture her and play games because she was. It, they said that like she was a kind of like a lonely spirit, mm-hmm. so that's why she tried so hard to get people to stay. Yeah, and the Beldum are lovers of games and usually won't take a child upon first meeting. Instead, they will tempt the child to leave on their own on their free will. Uh, They also eat children to stay young. She eats the hearts of stolen children and feasts upon them in order to maintain her figure. And when she runs out of children to snack on, she goes back into her true form. Snacking on some children. Yeah, she's just <laughs> she's a, made it so casual. A little like, yeah, she's just snacking on children. When she runs out of those snacks, it's not like she goes to the store and gets new ones. She yeah. just turns back into a spider. Yeah, exactly. Um, they will play games with the parents of the stolen stolen children in order for the parents to get their kids back. But she does not play fair. But she will listen to the original rules set. I guess that makes sense. Oh my! She, even though she like she still found the loophole, but she still abided by the rules. Mm-hmm. Um. Anything else about that? That's the gist of that theory. I have a couple other ones that I found. Lay it on me. Okay. Uh, the first one that I found was the Taffy Bulls. Oh, God. Yes. Uh, Coraline's neighbors, the two sisters, have three bowls of taffy, all with a year above it. 1921, 1936, and 1960, representing each time a new tenant moved into the Pink Palace. But there's more evidence to support that it represents the children taken by the, bel- the Beldam. When Coraline gets trapped in the mirror, she meets the souls of the stolen children, and they call the other mother Beldam. And each of the children look and dress, or were dressed in that time era that yeah. they were stolen. Um, Coraline also had, well, they have a fourth jar of taffy that Coraline ends up breaking it was unlabeled, which could have possibly ended the cycle. Oh, yeah. Like, that was her dish. But since she broke it, it was, like, foretelling that she was going to escape. Yeah. Got it. Then I have one more theory. Okay. I'm ready. So, Mrs. Lovett, uh, that is YB's grandmother, actually sent the Beldam to Coraline. Uh, Mrs. Lovett's sister was taken by the Beldam, and she knew she would grow hungry again. So, she didn't want to rent out the Pink Palace to families with children. She wanted to ensure the Beldam wouldn't take another life, but Whitey was a young child with an increasing fascination with the Pink Palace. This led to Mrs. Lovett renting out to the Joneses, meaning their daughter would be taken instead of Whitey. Mrs. Lovett likely tossed the poppet or doll that Coraline found, or that Whitey gave her. Um, That was made for her sister by the Beldam, down the well, which is believed to be the original portal. She boarded up the well so the doll couldn't come back, but Coraline opened the well, letting them come back, basically. When the doll returns, now modeled after Coraline, love it accidentally, leaves her trunk open for Wybie to find and give to Coraline. So the Beldam can spy after her and eventually kidnap her. Uh, Mrs. Lovett, towards the end, frantically demands for the doll back, uh, when YB shares Coraline's horrific experience with the other mother. I don't remember her asking that, but I think... It's it, like towards the very end. 
Yeah, no, I was too. I was too engrossed in the <laughs> idea that it, she was a spider, a giant spider, mm-hmm. and she had to crawl out of the web. It was just, it was too much, too much. It was a lot. <laughs> it was. I was oversensorized, so too much. Um, but yeah, I mean the the taffy and um, the Mrs. Lovat theory is uh, intertwined in this one too, and it's interesting because the book is so different in the fact that there is no like Lovat family. There is that owns it, but there's no YB. There's no oh. interaction between them. Um, so it's really interesting that they decided to add that factor into the movie. I think they wanted to really build on the lore more because this is a very short book. It's only like, it's under 200 pages, so it's very short. Um, and it seems that they really just wanted to build around it in the movie and make room for the assumptions because Mm -hmm. in the book they do say like Beldum and they do talk about that, but everything's a lot smaller and short and to the point. So, um, which is why the theory I looked up is in the movie and then I have some stuff from the book that I noticed, so... I guess we'll dive into this mega theory, as it's called. (laughs) So um, I found this on YouTube, and it is from The Theorizer. um, And I guess he his theory has blown up so much that Neil Gaiman has seen it, and it's also on the Coraline wiki page. Um, So he's kind of, his his theory's kind of well-known and built upon. Um, So basically, he has a couple videos, and I broke it down into videos on things that I saw that were important or something that I didn't necessarily agree with, but I thought were interesting to still talk about. So... The obvious, right, is that the door is a portal to the netherworld. Yeah. Um, you see it in the color schemes, in the way that it moves, um, and the well also looks identical, so it is another portal to the other world. Mm-hmm. Um, so another thing is that the Beldum's hand, like the, the little needle fingery hand, is in a lot of imagery in the movie and in the movie posters, um, kind of symbolizing that she is everywhere she controls everything and that she always is watching like a puppet master kind of yeah which is even creepier in Mm -hmm. the movie but (laughs) yeah she's she has the garden is her face so in the end of the movie you get that big overshot of all the neighbors planting flowers in the garden and in Coraline's other world it was Coraline but in this one it looks more like the Beldum so that kind of feeds into the theory that the house was originally hers and it was made for her, which is why her face was in the garden. But it could have okay. also symbolized just that she never went away, that she's always going to be there. Um, there's a couple different symbolizes. Um, and obviously the cat is using the portals. Um, I'm not sure if cats can find portals like that, but it's obvious that the cat can knows and finds all the portals, especially in the book. He talks about how he knows the portals that she doesn't even know about. Yeah, cats are known to be one of those spiritual animals. Yeah, definitely, and and especially in Egypt. Um, They're definitely worshipped for the different um, reasons why, you know, they protect people from the the dead, Mm -hmm. and they're just protective spirits. But um, the second video goes on a timeline talking about how the Beldum is a magical entity, but in the book it kind of... (sighs) It's hard because it they kind of portray her as a as a human at one point, but somehow she turned into a magical being. Um, so I'm not sure if like how that happened along the way, but she is part spider and she has like needle fingers, as you said, um, and she lives in the well. Um, <laughs> she disguises her appearance to comfort children. Um, she made the door, which was a question mark, because they don't know if she made the door to the portal or in the house, if that was like a connection or what. It's kind of messy in the beginning of the theory because he builds on it so much. So everything's kind of repetitive at this point, but this is the beginning of the theory. Um, so the creation of the other world kind of drains her power, which is why she has to find other things to feed not only herself, but the world. Um, they call it a pocket universe because it is a space made of nothing, (laughs) which Mm -hmm. is what they believe our universe is. Um, Something that came from nothing, but suddenly is bursting with life. Um, And the person that is the creator, which would be the Beldum. So she creates everything in the world. Um, So there's, there's so much. So the eyes are the souls of the bodies. Obviously you see that in the, in the movie, how they take the eyes and the children are missing their eyes and they have to go find the eyes, which are like the marbles throughout the movie. So those are representative of the souls. But in the book, they also talk about how she takes the hearts, which lines up with the Beldum's theory that you talked about, about the lore that she would eat hearts. Mm -hmm. So that makes more sense. They don't talk about the hearts in the movie, but they do talk about the eyes. So the eyes are the souls and the hearts, I guess, are to feed the Beldum, which would make yeah. more sense. Let's see. So 
YB's grandma is twin number one, and she was not chosen. So the Beldum chose out of the two twins who she wanted for her picking. So it was whoever was most liked by their parents, which was her twin who got taken. Um, so she built this perfect world for the other twin, and one day he thinks that her twin took her to this world, and she saw it for what it really was because it wasn't made for her. So it scared her, and she never went back. Okay. But, and that's why when she disappeared, she knew so much about it because her sister was always telling her about it. And when she took her, she saw the Beldum for what she really was. Um, so it horrified her, and she never went back. So another thing is the mice were the servants of the Beldum, which is obvious. Um, and the cat can find the rat portals, which is why he's so good at hunting them because he knows about them. They're the spies. She controls them. And that's how she sees in the real world. So... Um, the cat knows the truth, and when he helps Coraline, the Beldum's power is weakened because he's helping uncover the truth and helping kind of destroy her power. This is all kind of self-explained at this point. Um, so this is where it kind of gets weird. At the end of this video of the timeline, he talks about how he thinks that Coraline possibly never went home. And when she returned home after the visit, she never truly went back. It was just another, like, made-up scenario that the Beldum twisted to make it seem like she her parents were gone like she never went home okay so this was still the other world but she took away all of the stuff that she made and made it like her home and she never went home and she warped it to believe that she did so she thought her parents were missing so the parents in this little theory that this one goes down is that the parents never were taken she just thought they were so she would go back okay yeah, so Which that one would explain <laughs> how w at the end of the movie, when she does get back, her parents have no idea what she's talking about, and they actually have the groceries. When when she went back the first time, the groceries were all there, rotten. Yeah, and the only reason why we don't know if this is very conclusive is because there was snow falling off them, and there was no snow outside. Um, so that's the only part that's kind of messy. And in the book, they were in the snow globe, but they also have no recollection. So okay. it's, it's very muddled, but that was where he went down that path on the end of that video. So video three, he talks about the Beldum and her history. So he talks about how the Beldum was the owner of the pink palace and she was kind of like the great dame. And the way I kind of see it is she, so women in the early 1900s late 1800s couldn't own property so obviously she was married at some point and this will come in later and what I think the real story is but um, I think her husband died and she was left with this mansion to help like run the town because it was such a small town um, and she discovered the other world either by falling in the well and later on they talk about how they theorize the boy in the picture is her son so <laughs> they think that either he fell down the well and died or she went down with him to get him. Um, but either way, she somehow fell on the well. Um, and it's this pocket universe that the laws are built by the inhabitants. So since the Beldum is the only inhabitant, she can structure it the way she wants. Um, and the souls of the children is what feeds the magic to the universe. Which, again, I don't know how that works, but it makes sense <laughs> over time. So, again, he talks about the dates on the taffy apples. And those are the dates when the children are taken. Um, and he theorized that the cat is the boy in the picture in the house because it was there when she moved in. And she says it's the boy, the sad boy in blue or whatever okay. she says about him. And so that wasn't her family. So there's just a sad looking boy in their portrait in their living room. And he thinks that this is the cat. And somehow this was the cat that escaped the Beldum and um, got reincarnated and he was actually the father of the twins. So that's how the twins kind of knew about the world. But it, everything kind of intertwines weird. Okay. But anyway, he has like multiple theories about the cat. So like it, a giant spider web. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's so intricate. Um, so the cat was reincarnated to protect YB, which is why the cat is so protective. And you always see him around YB, mm -hmm. um, which made sense to me because, I mean, cats are natural protectors anyway against supernatural entities but um it would make sense if he was related to YB why he would protect him so much um the Beldum can see anything with button eyes so that's why she sees through the doll and can manipulate even though she can't manipulate the actual world she can still see what's happening um that's kind of also self-explanatory through the doll um and he says 
that the triangle piece, so the the hagstone, isn't actually magic, but it's from the real world, so it kind of allows her to see the magic because it's something real that's in a non-real world, which okay. if you know what a hagstone is, I mean, it makes yeah. sense. But he didn't go into the hagstone stuff. Um, and he also found that the dragonfly hair clip that she wears is representative of a spirit animal. Okay. Yeah, it, it, that one, I he kind of briefly touched on it. It was okay, yeah. <laughs> but um, not major. I, I would like to hear more about that because there's tons of animals and each of them have different meaning behind it. Like, for example, ravens are associated with intuition and magic. That's why it's Ravenclaw's house symbol. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so then we, he goes and talks about, um, the fairy ring surrounding the well, and it's a magical entry point, as you said. Um, and he said, or fairy rings also represent dangerous or hazardous places Mm -hmm. not to be touched, which is why when it was surrounding the well, it was so dangerous that she went past it and neglected to see the signs. Yeah. Um, he pointed out a lot about how the other world is always dark. So it is never daytime in the in the other world, but it's always daytime in the real world. So I'd like to go back actually and see in the movie if um, she if she was actually in the Beldum's like twisted fictional world and never really went home if it was day or nighttime outside because I don't remember. Yeah, <laughs> off the top of my head, I don't remember. I just remember she was alone and sad, and then she decided to go get her parents back. Um, so obviously the Beldum got the key in the end. And the Beldum originally used her own soul to power the world, which is why she has the buttons for her eyes. And so um, the buttons in her eyes are only there because she used the to originally power her world, which is why she needed other children to, since they're easier to manipulate, she would take children to take their souls to help keep powering this world. Um, but that is why it binds her to the world, because they said that the souls are what keep them there. So if their soul is removed, it is why they can never leave, which is why Coraline was able to leave because she didn't give up her soul. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so the sewing and the buttons of the eyes is kind of like a symbol, a symbolic tie to the universe. Um, so the other thing is what you touched on. So the grandma rented out to a family, which is something she said she would never do again after her sister went missing and she knew about the children before. So the reason why... She gave the Joneses the house or the apartment, I should say, is because she wanted to save YB, which is exactly mm-hmm. what I thought. And when he was talking about it, it's the exact same thing that that you were talking about as well. Like, I think he was she did it as a sacrifice, not because maybe she wanted to, but because she wanted to save YB instead. And that yeah. was the only way. Um, so another thing he went down was the Beldum can control the real world. Now, you can see this through the weather throughout the movie, how there's fog and misty and icky and the clouds and just the ominous weather and then the magic kind of seeps out through the portals making her able to be more um there in the real world so his sixth video (laughs) talks about how the other mother cannot create things but she can alter them so like she couldn't make people but she could alter the things that she had so Mm -hmm. like the dolls were made of like the sand and then they turned into they turned into dolls somehow, <laughs> and okay. like she made the people like the other father and the the neighbors, but she couldn't, you know, create them. She could only alter what she had. So she used product in the world that was there, and then turned it into something else. So it's why she can't make a new key. Okay. It's why like she can't leave. She can't make all this stuff. Everything in the world already is what she uses to alter her universe. It's kind of confusing, I know, but <laughs> that was a big theory he worked on. Um, so there's an unconfirmed theory, which I kind of talked about earlier, is the boy in the painting was the Beldum's child. I originally thought this when I watched the movie because he's happy in the portrait in her like living room in the other world. Okay, I didn't notice that actually. Which is why when I said I thought that her husband died, it maybe made her a more bitter woman and... The town people didn't really respect her enough because she was a woman in society trying to take control and that wasn't really looked up to in that day and age. So I think that maybe it made her a bitter woman and then maybe she lost her son and he fell down the well one day and, you know, maybe that's why she got in the other world is because she thought she hurt her son and she went down after him, whatever it may be. But I think it was the son. 
And he soon later goes on to say it's not the sun. But for right now, that's the sun. Okay. <laughs> and so <laughs> he also says that the moon is the Beldum's soul or opening to the portal. Like the well. Yeah. Um, the moon theory kind of was confusing, but it kind of makes sense because it talks about her energy kind of running out, how the button's like the timer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he goes to say that the cat is the Beldum's son. So when the cat goes into the other world, the boy's soul possesses the cat which is what makes him talk which is what makes him help Coraline but also be kind of snarky and whatever but that I got no indication of that in the book like it was just a cat (laughs) it was just a cat um and then his other video goes on to saying that maybe there's two cats not one (laughs) two cats yes one can talk and the real world one can't. So one is the Beldum's son and two is the escaped boy like I talked about in the beginning um, that wound up to be YB's grandfather. So this is where it's kind of different in the book. So he says that the first one escaped in the end through the portal. So that's why they were able to start the cycle again in the end of the movie because the well represents the portal and when she dropped the key down in the well, et cetera, et cetera, it restarted the cycle. Um, so in the book... The only reason the cat was still there is because as the magic was depleting, all the portals closed, which is why I don't think this theory adds up, <laughs> because if there was no other way for the cat to get out, it wouldn't make sense if there was a cat already stuck there. It was just the only option to get out was to go with Coraline. Yeah. Um, so he says that the cat can leave because he still has a soul because he's a cat <laughs> and he has eyes. Um so he says that he thinks the the buttons getting scratched out of her eyes in the end was a ruse when Caroline threw him at her to kind of confuse her that the Beldum didn't like cats. And I don't know. The cat theory is kind of the one that got me like I you had me up until this point. <laughs> um, so they noticed the bugs on the wallpaper were scarabs, which um are a symbol of constant regeneration in Egyptian culture. Okay. Yeah, like if you've ever seen The Mummy, it's the bugs yeah. that are on the walls. <laughs> the one that like eats the people, that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it kind of symbolizes her a little bit. And then he like mentioned this, that there was a Native American chief head statue in the dad's office, but he never went into like if that represented anything in the movie. But he said that there was to make note of that and like there was some Native American representation. Um, I, I don't know what ties it would have had, but... He kind of threw it out there and was like, hey, yeah, there's a uh, Native American stuff. And I was like, okay. Yeah, I feel like that's just like a random little find. I don't think that has anything necessarily yeah, to yeah, do I with the story. I didn't think that had to do anything either. Um, so the 10th video, he talks about how the sun initially fell down the well and then the Beldum goes after him, which is why she was in there. Um, and that how like all of her little minions are... Um, like bugs and and mice and stuff that she can control and she think he thinks that maybe the cat fell down which is what turned into the sun because it was a dead body and then the soul just went into it um yeah like the whole uh what's the word we were just talking about this uh it starts with an reincarnation R. yes that yeah i mean it's not another birth cycle but it's more like he possessed the the cat's body i don't really know how <laughs> that whatever um so after the movie he thinks that Coraline might go back might be tempted to go back mm-hmm. he thinks that because the Beldum's not truly gone that there's something that's going to draw her back to the world and she's going to restart the cycle that she is still in constant danger which I mean in the end you can kind of think that she's in danger because she threw the key in the well if you think the well is the portal yeah then he just basically gave her back the key to getting back to Coraline but she can't leave her world so she's safe for now but that doesn't mean she's safe forever there's going to be a way for her to come back especially Um, since in the end of the movie the room or I think it was the living room they were in it ended up looking like this dark octagon which would be what's at the bottom of a well yeah and they said that um, since she didn't have any objects of her own in the other world that it could have been like maybe her sewing room or whatever. And it's, and it's, it's hard to know because they talked about how it could also be the other room to the other side of the door. Cause that's an apartment that was never rented out. Um, so they think that maybe that's like the actual portal, but you know what I'm saying? Like how the other apartment's still there on the other side of the door. Cause yeah. it was a part of a house. So the, the portal opens up and it is 
the single room to the other apartment that's not rented out. But I, I don't know. That that one yeah. was like her sewing room. That's what people think is that it was her sewing room. And that's what the, the other world, that's like her room. Like in the end, you see her in that room. And that is the only thing left of the house. So that's what they think that is. But it's not confirmed or anything. Okay. The only time she goes in that room in the, in the movie is to see the other father. Because she kind of tries to trick her into going in there. And the other father... Um, was being punished, but she wanted him to attack her and kind of trap her there, but didn't work out, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he also said that he thinks the Hagstone was forged in the other world, which I don't believe because it's a Hagstone, and I just, Hagstones are natural-made stones. Yeah, those so. are just, like, earth-made. Yeah, yeah, so that's why I, I didn't do that either. There's a lot of question marks in my notebook. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then he goes on to make the cat theory even more confusing and says it's one cat but two souls. And that's represented by the cat shaking his head in the in the portal when he goes back with Cor- with Coraline. It, that one, I mean, the possession maybe, but I think that's just the magic kicking in. Yeah, I don't think it would be physically possible for a cat to have two souls, especially since one soul wouldn't be able to speak and the other soul would be yeah it would be a lot more obvious i think if there was two souls crammed yeah. in that head like I in that movie like, that yeah, we watched exactly I, I feel like there would be two and he wouldn't have memories either yeah and there would be two completely different personalities mm-hmm. in both ways i guess yeah the cat x little snarky in both realms you just can't he, talk in the other yeah, one he just like <laughs> moves around really sassy and i'm like yeah that's the same cat and he blinks slowly is just like yeah, sizing you up yeah exactly <laughs> so then he goes on to make it even more confusing and he says that the blue boy is the other world he is the physical representation of the other world and he is some kind of demon that is controlling the other world and the beldum is kind of like his servant in a way that she has to get She's like the the person that brings the food. Okay, <laughs> basically, um, I I don't agree with that. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> they kind of made her a martyr in a way that she was doing it so that nobody else had to take the burden, which is why she was so motherly and caring. But she hated doing it. But she also didn't want to put that responsibility on someone else. Which that that theory kind of stretches a little too far. Yeah, for me. especially since with the folklore story. It actually says that the Veldam has someone that draws in the kids for them. Yeah, and I mean, it, it like his theory makes sense, like if you believe in that. But I don't believe in that, so it doesn't make sense to me. But he, he says that the cat aids Coraline because he doesn't care if the current feeder fails because he'll just find a new one. And they think he thinks that if she dies, it's gonna be Coraline, which I can see it, right? But yeah. I don't believe that. Theory. Yeah. Um, but the Beldum hates cats, which that would make sense why she hates cats so much, because the cat is the physical representation of that demon that's controlling her. Um, and it's powerful and never leaves. So then he talks about how the other world can think, which they talk about it in the book, kind of how the, the doorway between her world and the other world is it changes and it, it's soft, it's wet, it's it's cold, it's warm, like it's a breathing thing. So there mm-hmm. is something that they say that it's older than the Beldum that lives there in the book. So it is something. Okay. But they don't go on to say what it is. So I had no idea what to research or where to look for that. It was just like a living, breathing thing and the Beldum was stuck there kind of thing. She's just tied to that realm or area stuck in this cycle possibly yeah and they also compared it to it so oh boy (laughs) yeah because they (laughs) because he goes on to this talking about how the pocket universe might have come from space and how the well is represented in that and the moon and a piece of space came down into the well and how it is kind of something from space and only comes out every so many years, which if you look at the taffy bowls, it only comes out every like 20 to 30 years. So, I mean, it makes sense, right? (laughs) Like a little bit, like not very much, but a little bit. Yeah. With that, I I feel like they're like mentioning like how time is an illusion. Time is an illusion. What are you talking about? It is. (laughs) There's also a time jump in the movie itself because when she goes back, um and her parents are there or no they're not her parents are missing and she's gone for two days and then when she does come back her parents have been gone for what 15 minutes 30 yeah. minutes an hour yeah so like how long has she actually spent time it's like peter pan yeah 
like there's a whole time jump where like it just doesn't the time didn't exist yeah, yeah. time just is like Alice real. in Wonderland that's why they yeah. compare it to that in the Wizard of Oz yeah there's a whole uh theory from Screen Rant about Coraline being tied to the Wizard of Oz and um Alice in Wonderland because it's they have a lot of similar threads and that being one of them is that no time has passed since they've been gone but they've experienced this whole other world yeah they say in like celestial realms and like otherworldly realms time isn't real it's only real in this realm since it's a man-made construct. yeah it's a socially made construct yeah yeah a hundred percent how can you measure time you can't you measure the sun that's yeah. how you tell what if it's nighttime and the sun's out we made that up right yeah <laughs> yeah so i mean everything's a man-made concept to make sure that you understand the structure of the world it is our way of being able to comprehend things we don't understand because mm-hmm. if we don't understand it we're afraid of it that is 100% why we made up stuff. And time is just one of them. Time does not exist. Yeah. <laughs> the sun comes up and then it goes down. That's all we really know. Yeah. That's why if the world went dark and there was no technology, no way to tell time, everything froze, you'd still be able to go on with your life if time didn't exist. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so in the book, um, they talk about the Hagstone, which I mentioned. But the Hagstone, um, the theory behind, or like the... The lore behind a hagstone is that it's a stone with a hole in it that was made by water. And magic has no effect on water, which is why I think the well is confusing because they talk about how the water could be the portal. But if the water is resistant to magic, which it's, it's a very common thread in a lot of fantasy, is that magic does not affect water <laughs> because it's just something that can't be manipulated because it's an earth-made product. Um, so that's what makes the stone resistant to the magic, which is why Coraline is able to see through it. Self-explanatory. Yeah. Um, but in the book, there's no YB, as I said. Mr. Lovat is mentioned, and it's a mister. Okay. There's no grandma. <laughs> so So is Mr. Lovett uh, his grandpa or his dad? I, I don't know. There's it no there's no YB, so I have no idea. Uh, yeah. Yeah, there's no YB. There's no just other characters guy. between. So the only characters in the book are Coraline, her parents, the cat, and the other world people, and the neighbors. That's it. Okay. There's no YB, there's no nothing. And they don't even visit the well very often. She visits it once in the beginning, and then she goes back to it in the end to trap the, the hand. So okay. um, so I think that Miss Spink and Miss Forcibles are seers. I don't think they're witches. I think that they're able to sense the other world and be able to predict certain things, which is why they read tea leaves. And I think they have a crystal ball in the movie. Yeah, they, um, they're psychics. Yeah, so they can see the future, they can sense danger, but they're not full witches because they said that they get more confused as their old age kicks in, which Mm -hmm. older witches are typically smarter, um, very intelligent, very powerful, and they're just old ladies. (laughs) So I don't think that they're necessarily full witches or anything. Um, Another thing is that in the book, the cat refuses to be named. He says that there's no point in having a name. And if you know a lot about like demons and everything they said that um names give power yeah which is why i thought maybe the cat could be a demon but also that doesn't make a lot of sense either it could be possible since if any celestial being or entity gives out their name then you have the power to control it in some way yeah he's like there's no need for names and she's like well what if i want to call you for dinner and he's like then you say dinner's ready and i will come yeah. <laughs> like he's very insistent that he doesn't get called anything um so i thought that was really weird but I feel like if it was a cat with a demon spirit, it would give them a fake name, which is very common for evil entities to do. They'll give you a fake name. Or they'll make you give them a name or something. Yeah, It's usually hard to pronounce anyway. So, I mean, yeah. it's, it's probably easier to call them like John or something. Like, <laughs> hey, John, dinner's ready. <laughs> and it's like some long name. It's always a long name yeah. that's hard to pronounce. It's usually <laughs> like Latin. <laughs> yeah yeah no we're we're too white and american i to did know take latin though once we don't gotta talk about that <laughs> right now we're talking about Coraline. <laughs> um and so in the book Coraline goes in, in the movie at least Coraline goes back and forth a couple times before her parents go missing right she goes at least like one or two other times and she's mm-hmm. like oh my god this is great but then her parents go missing and everything kind of goes downhill in the book she goes back she goes back once and her parents are gone so she goes there she comes back her parents are gone so it's really she fast ca- Yeah, she kind of gets the feeling that she didn't want her to leave, and she kind of is really weird about her leaving, and they brought up the buttons on the first day. Okay. Yeah, so they kind of waited a little while, 
with Coraline and the buttons kind of turned her off and that's when her parents went missing. But in the book, it was right away. Um, and Coraline actually calls the police and the police tell her to wake up her parents that the nightmare wasn't real and have them give her a hug and some hot chocolate because there's nothing that can't fix. And as soon as she goes back to look for her parents, her other father asks if she wants some hot chocolate, perhaps. And I was like, how did he know? Because it was never mentioned any other time. And that's the first thing he asks if she wants something in the middle of the night. They're listening. That's what I'm saying. So, like, some of his theory checks out and some of it doesn't. Because in the book, does she have the doll as well? No. There's no, no doll. Okay. I forgot to write that down. But there is no doll. Uh, there, Yeah, there's no doll. Um, there's mice. But it's really just Mr. Bobo's <laughs> upstairs yeah. is mice. So there's not a lot of representation like there is in a movie um, which is why I think they built a lot on it Um, because if the other father was able to know that the police said oh go ask for some hot chocolate because with celestial beings they can hear and see everything we're doing they don't have to be physically on this plane yeah I don't think that it was that though I think it's more of like the beldam has some control or whatever she can see in the house kind of thing because the other father was made by her and you can tell in the end because all of her like creations turn into these like blobs yeah. <laughs> in, in the book. And they still have free will. Like he talks about in his theory on, on the YouTube channel about um, how she uses the sand to make these beings. And the smaller they are, the more power she has, which is why the mice are the spies. They can't fight back against her control. But the bigger they are, the harder it is to control them. And the other father is the representation of that. Um, and he has that in the book as well, where he tries to fight her off. But in the end, she's too strong and he and she wins. So. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> so I, I don't know how he heard it or how maybe the Beldum did. And they talk. I don't know. Weird. <laughs> they just knew. Um, and the cat talks about how the Beldum is not currently human, but she might have been at one point. She did have a mother. Um, but then they talk about how she buried her mother, but and when she tried um, when she tried to crawl out of her grave, she put her back. So I don't know what that was about either. <laughs> okay. But I think she was human at one point. Um, and then this happened, and somehow she turned into the Beldum, some okay. creature. Typically with stories like that, it comes from a traumatic death or past that causes them to become a spirit or maybe that's demon. what happened in the well maybe when she hit the bottom it killed her and she got turned like the magic somehow healed her and maybe turned someone her pushed her yeah true if the town did hate her then yeah. she might have gotten pushed like, they didn't think that a woman could they cornered her and maybe got her shoved down there like, or something gone witch <laughs> basically yeah that's yeah. what i'm picturing right now um and the cat refers to her as a creature and of a different kind. So he refers to her as something else, which is how you can picture that she's not human. Um, and she says in the book, which I thought was interesting, that mirrors can never be trusted. Yeah. Mirrors are known to be portals to other realms. So if you have a mirror, typically a ghost can just pop in whenever they want. They I thought just it was interesting that she said that because there was no indication that she was... I mean, I guess maybe she was hinting to how the parents weren't really in the mirror because Coraline sees them in the mirror and they say, help us. Right. Yeah. And that's what sets her off to go back. So maybe she's kind of saying how that wasn't real and her parents aren't really okay. there. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I believe it. And then she so there's references to spiders. Right. And the Beldum is a spider like creature, but she never turns into a spider in the book. That okay. is explicitly said, but she eats black beetles. Okay. Yeah, she, like, takes out a bag and starts eating beetles in front like, of Coraline. Just, like, popcorn, I guess. Yeah, and I tried <laughs> looking up that there was, like, a creature that ate beetles, maybe, to give some indication, but there wasn't anything I could find. Well, there could be, like, a magical meaning behind beetles that could mean something. I don't know what it is off the top of my head. I think she just liked to eat beetles, honestly. Yeah. I think I looked too deep into that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the portals are destroyed in the end, which is important because the world flattened out, and pocket um, universes they are blank space so it's literally like you're erasing everything and it turned completely white everything after she kept taking souls was erasing from the world and the portals were closed which is why the cat got stuck there okay and he was freaking out in the end <laughs> so um 
Then in the end, as she's escaping, they said how the quarter is living and that it's older than the beldam and it knows everything. Which, again, is weird because I don't know what it could possibly be. Yeah. Like, maybe she did die a traumatic death and she became this ghost that wanted to stay around Pink Palace, but there was a demon that took that to her advantage and uses her to bring home dinner. I I don't know. It gets more messy the more I think about it, so I try not to think about it too (laughs) hard. But um, the hand that comes off in the end of the movie. So in the movie, it's kind of immediate. Like, overnight, the hand tries to, like, take the key, and it, like, drags her through the house like some kind of demon. Um, In this, the hand escapes four days. It's just gone for days. Four days. It runs outside in the middle of the night. And there's, like, little signs, like, the dog gets attacked, the mice are scared, they won't eat, and, like, everyone around them knows that there's danger still, but the hand isn't anywhere to be found. And the it can't get back in the house. <laughs> so she honestly could have been fine. But the hand was gone for days before she, and the, and the end plan was, it was way different. So obviously why be helped in the movie? But in the book, she set up like a tea party and pretended to have this tea party on the well and put the key in the middle. And since it was like a, she used like a tablecloth. And so when the hand pounced on it, everything fell in the well. And then she covered it back up with the heavy wood. So it was it was really different. And in the end, everyone was like, the danger's gone. When she read the tea leaves, like, everything was fine. So it was just... It, Either way, she still got the key. Yeah, so that's that's where it loops again. And I, I don't know how to feel about it. Because everyone says the danger's gone, but, like, it's clearly not. Maybe it's gone for that time period? Maybe. That's, what, that's where the it theory comes yeah. in. <laughs> um, so... Based on everything I just said, the confusing and the non-confusing, the evidence I found in the book for the theory that the mice are the spies, the Elder World is made and controlled by the mother. Um, The bigger beings are harder to control, which is something he mentioned. The other mother was once human, which I still think is true. Um, The Beldum didn't originally create the world. It was a pocket universe. And that the souls feel the magic. That was about all the research I found that was in there that I could definitely link um, but I still have questions. So what happens to the Beldum once Coraline's gone? She has no souls, nothing to power the world, and no food. What happens to her? I feel like she might, well, if she's like a celestial being of some sort, then she would just stay in that realm and chill till it's time to wake back up. Because it's going to take a lot of, of steam to get back up to even getting that portal back open. Yeah. So I, I don't know if she dies but it, it kind of leaves that open ending to where she can definitely come back. So I don't know how she's going to get there. Um, maybe Coraline goes back and gets just pounced on. <laughs> she's like, I'm tired of this, Grandpa. I am definitely going to like just straight up attack you the first time. I am not going to be nice to you. I'm not going to lure you in. Screw your free will. This is my home. Yeah. Like, Go away. Absolute batshit. Um, and then that led to my question, did Coraline ever really escape? Or is she still in danger? Because everyone seems to think she's all fine and dandy, mm-hmm. but it's not. <laughs> well, in in the movie, at least, at the end, it's daylight. Like you said earlier, in the other world, it's always nighttime. Yeah. But how safe is she? I don't think she's safe. <laughs> I would move. Because now the Beldum <laughs> has the key as well. All yeah. it takes is something to slip through a portal and open the door back up. Yeah. Um, And then also, what did the button eyes mean? Because in the book, it doesn't really talk about the buttons it doesn't talk about i've looked up symbolism for buttons like couldn't find anything what did the button eyes mean why did they have the button eyes before she went in the world like we know that they sewed the buttons on because it's the eyeballs right Mm -hmm. but why do the other two wear them like the other mother and other father yeah like everyone in the world wears buttons but like it makes sense for her because if she gave up her soul she has buttons but why does she need to sew buttons onto the the children i mean well, she just she's just gonna eat them. Yeah, <laughs> they say like eyes are windows to the soul, so maybe taking their soul away would lose their sense of home. So they are like, okay, yeah, I guess I'll stay here. It's fine. Like I could I could work with this, and then they end up getting killed or getting their soul does feed her as well as eating their heart. You know what I would do if I walked into another door and I saw a woman with button eyes? You think I would stay there? Yes, I do. No. 
I'm not insane. <laughs> not, nor would I want to venture in a door that has been locked and there and no, and there's a brick wall and then suddenly there's yeah. not. No. I'd be okay with that in a meditation sense. But, like, if I'm fully awake and I crawl through this tiny, tiny door that I probably would not be able to fit in. It's not even a small door in the book either. It's like a normal door. It's a normal door. Okay. It's a normal door. Why'd they make it a small door? I have so many questions about that movie now. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know why it's a small door in the movie either. I read it and I was like, are we sure? Like, wasn't it a tiny door in the movie? Yeah. And it's, like, covered in wallpaper. So they tried to cover it up. Because the most satisfying part was when she opened it with the key. And I was like, yes, tear that wallpaper. (laughs) (laughs) But no, it's a normal door because when you build apartments in a house, you have to block off certain sections. So that was another room in the house because it was a mansion. And so it, it was just a normal door leading to another room. Okay. They also said that they thought if the cat was the grandfather, that the grandfather's dead body was in the other apartment, which is why no one's rented it out. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> sir. Yeah, so then his soul would be kind of trapped on that area of land. And Which is why they like, thought hey, the cat was there. I'm yeah. going to choose you. You're my new body. Because <laughs> my body's still stuck in that room and no one has found me. Yeah, but I like it doesn't make sense why they don't rent out that apartment. But, I mean, there's, there's a lot more questions, honestly, yeah. than there are answers in this movie. And, I, and it messes me up because I think that Tim Burton purposely left open so many plot holes. Oh, yeah. Because there's, that's just what he does in his movies. Yeah, there's a whole theory that three of his movies are linked. Like Which Nightma- ones? Nightmare Before Christmas, uh, Corpse's Bride, and Frank and Weenie. I've heard a, um, a Nightmare Before Christmas one is linked because of the other doors or whatever, but I didn't... No, not linked to Coraline, like linked to... No, like linked... Because, you know, in the forest when he sees all those doors and the trees and stuff, and there's like a link to it. I also yeah. saw that <laughs> the Grinch is apparently... <laughs> Jack Skellington I was like yeah that one's a little too much oh I saw that <laughs> yeah that was a little much but I think uh Tim Burton definitely spun this movie to be a lot creepier yeah than the book was absolutely and just knowing the Beldum story is just even more terrifying yeah they took the Beldum story but they put it on crack yeah essentially but like left out a couple parts because they this movie was made for kids Okay, I don't know any kid that's younger than me that was not terrified of this movie. I know lots of kids that watched it that loved this movie. I loved movie. it, but a lot of people are scared of this movie, and it wasn't even that bad. I mean, it was horrifying. I mean, compared to the book, it's like night and day, but I, I, I loved it. I loved how she just fought through in the yeah. end and won. As a kid, me and all my sisters loved this movie, but now learning about... What folklore might be behind it? I think the movie is a bit, a tad bit too creepy. I'm just gonna think of it every time I watch it. The Beldum's it. I, oh you can't, boy! You can't see am, anything past it. Now. I'm terrified of clowns, so now I'm gonna <laughs> see this button. I he clown. does turn into some like spider-like yeah. creature in the end too. So maybe those movies are linked too. <laughs> New conspiracy theory. <laughs> Eat that theorizer. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, that's all I got for Caroline. You got any wrap-up messages for Caroline? No. All right. I feel like we got the whole gist of it. All right. Well, um, we will see you guys next Wednesday for our next podcast. Um, check out our Facebook for hints on the messages. Check out our, our Facebook for all of the links to our other social medias. And we'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>